Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Reading Project Podcast. I am super excited to bring Diane Talbot as a guest to the podcast, and I can't wait to chat with her more today. Season two has been amazing. I hope you've been listening to all of these just brilliant women in the field who are just really changing the face of education and supporting kids in ways that only they can do, right? They are experts in the field. They are the best of the best, and I have just loved talking with them. So today we have Diane with us. She is the owner of Spiral Skills Tutoring in Boulder, Colorado, and Metamorphic Word Study, which provides Orton Gillingham aligned word study training and products. She's a frequent speaker and has all kinds of amazing certifications in the field of education. Today, she's going to talk to us a little bit more about word study, what it is, what it means, and why it's important to include in reading and literacy instruction. Before we dive in, make sure you take a minute to head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, because that helps the Reading Project podcast get pushed out to more people and reach more families just like you that want to learn how to support their readers and writers at home. All right, let's go. Hey there, welcome to the Reading Project podcast where I help you build stronger readers one episode at a time. I'm Ashley, and you're Reading Tutor. My experience as an online tutor, classroom teacher, and the mother of a reluctant reader has allowed me to bring a fun and effective approach to building stronger and more confident readers. I created The Reading Project after working with dozens of families in my business that needed support in helping their readers at home. I want parents and caregivers to know that you don't have to be a teacher to help your struggling reader. I'm here to help with book suggestions, homework tips and tricks, tools and ideas for tackling reading, writing, and spelling work at home. I am on a mission to help you develop a culture of literacy and a love of stories with your children. Let's do it. All right. So thank you, Diane, for being here and welcome to the Reading Project podcast. I can't wait to chat with you today and um, hear all that you're going to share with our audience. Why don't you go ahead and get started by telling us a little bit about yourself and your education background, and sort of how you got to where you are today. Well, I've been a teacher for about uh, 12 years. I usually have worked with special education students, but I've kind of specialized in twice exceptional students, students who are, who are both gifted and um, have disabilities. And I've recently really started working with kids with dyslexia, and I've always been a reader. I've always, you know, I love to read to my kids. I love to read when I was a kid. And I love to read to my grandchildren now. And I just love words. And so when I started discovering structured word inquiry, I've been working to meld it with my Orton Gillingham tutoring so that the kids get that phonics that they need and the structured systematic stuff they need, but also the exciting, interesting stories of words. So that's kind of the way I I look at it. And it just, it adds a lot, especially for those gifted kids who need more. They need interest and they need excitement and discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about what word study, you know, what does that actually mean? Because I think some of our listeners might think, oh, that's spelling. But it's really more than that, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, The first thing that I do when I'm looking at a word is I generally go to edamonline.com, which is a fantastic dictionary of etymology, which is written 
solely by one man who is dyslexic himself. And he started writing it for himself, but it's fantastically done. He, it's huge. You know, I always look at, you know, I've got a bunch of etymology dictionaries that are paper, but that's the first place I look. I just put in a word and then I start following the breadcrumbs backwards because there will be a link to other related words or the Proto-Indo-European root of the word. And then if you follow those back, you'll find other words that are related. And it's just fun and interesting. Mm. And so I look at the history of the words. Then I take apart its morphology. I take away the parts of the word, like suffixes and prefixes, and try to get to what the base of that word is and what its meaning is. And then I create the word families that go with that word, which helps to get the a deeper meaning into a word. Mm-hmm. And that is what I find really grabs those kids that really just are curious. They want to know more about things. And so having the story to go with it, it means that the the spelling of the word and the meaning of the word sticks with them. And when they run into other words with that same base, they're they're going to have some glimmer of what it means. Right, right. Yes. When I think about what, you know, this, what you're just, ta- what you've just been talking about, I think about the word sign. And when I get those kids who say, well, why is there the letter G in the word sign? So can would you be willing to explain a little bit more about um, yeah. about word sign or maybe give us another example that you use? Yeah, a that's, lot a, to- that's a great word. It's one of my favorites to teach kids. So if you start looking at the word sign and you start kind of throwing out, asking them, drawing out, what does it mean? Almost always you'll get the word signal. It's a signal. A sign and a signal are kind of synonyms in a lot of ways. And then all of a sudden, you if you write it out and you pull that A-L suffix off, all of a sudden the light bulb goes off. You can see in their eyes when they realize that the base of signal is the base S-I-G-N. And that one is one of my favorites. Another of my favorites is to study the word one. And I I always throw out a bunch of word cards or if I'm working on the computer, I have, you know, like little tiles they can move around and they can put them into a circle that is the the related words or not related words. So I'd have like two is not related, even though it's also a number. Mm-hmm. W-O-N, one, isn't related, even though it sounds exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Only alone loneliness, a tone, all of those words are related to one, and usually they get those, but they know me enough that they they know I throw in things just to kind of trip them up, and so I put in onion, and they always put it outside, Mm -hmm. and then we start following the links on onion, and we follow it back and find out that onion is onion, really, (laughs) <laughs> and and the reason why is because an onion root grows with one bulb as opposed to garlic, which has many bulbs. Mm. And so that's one where they just love it because it's something they don't know. It's something their parents don't know. They get to go home and say, guess why onion is named that? Yeah. And, 
And it's just, it gives them something more, something extra to kind of hang that understanding of oneness on. Right, right. That's awesome. I love that example. I hadn't heard that before about onions. So see, I learned something new today too. Um, so I often will dive a little bit into word study with my students. If the student asks why, like, so if they say, why is it spelled like that? Or where did this word come from? Or why isn't it following the pattern? Then I'm like, oh, let's go look it up. And we kind of do that little tangent. But would you say that most students would benefit from this kind of word study or or how do you decide who needs it? You know, it really is student dependent. I have a few kids that I've tried this with and they're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> they yeah. just, it really works well with those kids who are curious about the world and curious about how things work. Mm-hmm. Um, it also tends to work with kids who are verbally gifted, kids who, who struggle more or have, are lower functioning verbally and reading wise it it's harder i think for them they those kids i have a much heavier orton gillingham focus and the kids who are gifted especially verbally i tend to add in a lot more of the word study with them great all right so why do you feel that is so important to include word study into your Orton Gillingham instruction or just in like as a tool in your toolbox, I guess. Well, for sight words or those non non decodable words, I love using them for those just because like the word says every kid I work with will put S E Z when they spell it (laughs) every time. And when you start looking at words, you can you can build matrices that show that say and says and said follow the exact same patterns of pay paid and pays oh. and they're pronounced differently but the spelling is very standard for those words and that's a really good way for them to hang their understanding on why said and says are just kind of odd right right that's- yeah that's a really great point i was thinking the when you were laying out the words that this is one of the drawbacks of a podcast sometimes is for our visual learners it's like i bet people would love having some kind of a graphic so i'm putting you on the spot here but if you have anything to share i can definitely um include I, that yes i absolutely do i've got a say said graphic so i'll send yeah. those your way yeah that absolutely. would be great yeah so yeah, what it's i'll do hard it, to just do it verbally <laughs> right right and so for everyone listening what i'll do is i will actually say um you know i'll post it on my instagram or i'll post it on my facebook and you can head over there and check it out so that will be great um and you also you also mentioned when you're doing these word studies using like a matrix can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like yeah so a matrix is a rectangle that is divided into three or more parts. You will have your base in the middle, and then you'll have your prefixes and suffixes. Sometimes you have multiple prefixes or multiple suffixes. You might also have connecting vowel letters in there. (laughs) And basically what you can do is you can put the word parts into this graphic organizer of sorts to be able to build 
many, many words from a single base, which really expands a student's vocabulary, understanding. It helps on standardized tests because if they run into a word they don't know, they're going to be able to look at the the prefixes and the suffixes and the base and probably be able to at least get some idea what the word means, even if it's a word they have never seen before in their lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So a lot of our listeners are moms, dads, caregivers. So how can families sort of incorporate word study into just their family culture? Because one of the things that I try to help families with is like, learning how to sort of pepper in these learning moments with their kids. So even if they're not, you know, trained in word study, how can they sort of just sort of work with their kids and get their kids excited about word study? Well, the big thing I love to do is if a word comes up that intrigues me or I think, huh, that's interesting. I wonder if it, is related to this other word, or I wonder where that word came from. I have Edam Online's um, app on my phone, and so we'll be driving down the street, my husband and I, and we'll see something, and he'll say, what does that word mean? And I'll be like, click it right into my phone, and we have a big, rich discussion of what it means, where it comes from. It shows its relatives, and that's just a great way around the dinner table you know, maybe pick a word to explore. Or if your kid runs into a word in a book that is interesting, just explore interesting words. Yeah, that's great. I I love that suggestion. And having the app on your phone, I have it on my phone also, is super handy because then no matter where you are, you can sort of look it up really quickly. But if you're somewhere where, you know, where it's not a good time, you can even just say to your child, I'm really not sure. Let's do a little more research on that word and just write it down on, you know, in the notes app on your phone Absolutely. or something, you know, and come back to it. So I always remind parents that you you don't have to know the answer like immediately to something you're, you can say to your child, I'm really not sure. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. Um, because I know I want to encourage my kids to, to see themselves as learners and to see that I'm still learning too. You know, it's okay to be a life. And and in fact, I tell my students that I get really kind of crazily excited when I find a mystery, when I can't figure out the final thing. That's Mm -hmm. exciting to me because that means that I have something to keep in the back of my mind over time that I keep coming back to and Every time I see a different etymology dictionary, I pull out that word and I'll look it up and see if I can figure it out all over again. Because even those mysteries, the things I don't know, are interesting. Right, right. And I think when I was growing up, and I know um, even my husband has said this while, like, working with our kids, like, these are the kinds of words that we were just told you had to memorize. Exactly. And that's not necessarily true. Some kids that works great for them. They can just memorize it and it's fine. But for a lot of kids, they want to know more. Well, well, why? Why is it spelled that way? Why does it sound like that when it, when it should sound like this, you know? Exactly. (laughs) There there are very few words that you have to say, we just don't know. You just have to memorize it. There's Mm -hmm. usually some reason, even if it's just the vowels shifted over time. One of the stories I tell to my students often, is I talk to them about that game telephone, 
where mm-hmm. you whisper something to the person next to you and they whisper it to the person next to you. And by the time it gets around the room, it is completely different than what you, the first person said. Well, over thousands of years, that's what happens to language. The pronunciation may change. Somebody may have decided to change the spelling. We, I was talking to a student the other day about Noah Webster. He just decided that he thought that, that a lot of the British spellings of words were not as simple or phonetic as he wanted them to be. So he just changed them. And now in the Americas, we spell one way and in in England and some other countries that are more influenced by the British, they spell words differently. And right. that's interesting to students. So, you know, you can talk about things like that. You can talk about how when the printing press came about, the the WH was originally HW. Mm. And it was pronounced huh, with a huh first. But the printers looked at it and they looked at the other digraphs that were TH, SH, CH, and they said, this HW looks weird. We're just going to switch it. (laughs) (laughs) And so now in a lot of our dialects, we really don't make a huge differentiation between the wh and the wh. And you can't hear it in words, but historically it was pronounced that way. Mm -hmm. And so just you can talk about how the spelling has changed over time and reasons why it may have changed. Mm-hmm. Or how its pronunciation has changed over time. Yeah, definitely. I always talk to kids about words even that have changed or words that have been added to the dictionary, like just in my my lifetime, you know. When I was a kid, we could we weren't allowed to write fishes, but now I guess that's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some words like that that have changed. Can you think of any other examples of words that have sort of recently shifted or changed? Well, one of the things that I like to talk to kids about when we're talking about some of the older suffixes that aren't used anymore for or strong verbs, that we we don't do strong verbs anymore. We don't create them. But words that are very old will follow those patterns. So, like, I did, I can run today. But I didn't run last week. I ran. That's a strong verb. Mm -hmm. And so it has a different past tense. But now when we make up a new word, which we do all the time, the standard is to add ED to it. So I can Google something. But last week I Googled something. And just being able to look at that and say, you know, that word was not a word that meant look something up. Right. You know, it, it has a different meaning, and a lot of kids love that meaning as well, of a huge right. number. Right. But, but it's fun to be able to say, why do you think that it's called that? Mm-hmm. Because when you Google something, you find a huge number of things that are related. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a great point. Awesome. I'm definitely going to share that with one of my students who loves to Google. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, did you, have you thought about this before? <laughs> and I'm curious to see what, um, what changes our language will continue to make, right? As we go forward, like what are new words that are coming or will there be any more shifts like to the WH? Will that 
eventually disappear. People will be like, eh, we don't need that H anymore. You know, we'll just use the W. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, we, we are making changes, especially in pronunciation all mm. the time. When my, my husband was an acting professor. Mm-hmm. And so he talked a lot about dialects and, you know, pronunciation. And one of the things that he, that he's told me is that when they began recording voices, they thought that we would stop having those dialectical changes. Mm-hmm. And what has actually happened is we've just got this fantastic record of those changes because we can track like the, the mall list, which started with the, the eighties and, in Los Angeles, that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the girls talk, the, that has spread across the country. Okay. And now yeah. a lot of young people, they, they take out things. So like the word important, mm-hmm. a lot of my students will say, why is there a T in important? Because mm. they don't have it. They've just got that glottal stop. Right. And so, and that's a great time to look at the base P-O-R-T, and look at all of the the words that are related. That one is one of my favorites. For students who want to make the biggest matrix they can make, P-O-R-T has three different meanings that I'll go back to the beginning meaning, and it's huge. So that was a really, really fun one to look at. Awesome. I'm going to write that one down. Sounds like my son might be into that. He definitely... He gets all the the teachings of the word where I'm like, well, I don't know, because my husband just wants to say, oh, because English is crazy, right? Or because yeah. English is just messed up. I'm like, wait, 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 let's look and see. It might have some explanation here. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, that sounds great. And I do you think just playing with words, making up words, are there any kind of games that parents could do with their kids or any activities just to make like wordplay more fun? Is that beneficial? Yeah, you know, what one thing that I do is I'll take a matrix with my student mm-hmm. and we'll play any game, you know, that has, you know, like we throw a dart at the board and I draw a not a not a real dart, a, like a sticky one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'll draw a target and do points. And mm. we will have to look at the matrix and form a word and then they have to use it in a sentence and sometimes they'll come up with a word that isn't necessarily a word that we would use but the word parts make sense and I've I had one teacher that I worked with that would tell students if it's not in the dictionary you can't use it it's not a word and I'll say you know what Shakespeare made up millions hundreds of words right and you can too if we can look at those word parts and we can see what it means it may not be a word that sounds quite right to our ear because people don't usually say it that way but if they can use it in a sentence and understand how to mean it how what it means what it means we we do it and we go with that Mm -hmm. and then sometimes I'll take a word and see if we can peel off the parts and create a matrix and Mm -hmm. I'll do that with sticky notes and just put the word parts on it and Mm -hmm. we'll move them around and that's always fun just playing with words and being playful and curious with your kids I think is so key yeah absolutely developing their their verbal skills 
Yeah, and just their sense of wonder. Like you said, yeah. I have some kids who never ask me why, right? They, they, uh-huh. I've had students who just, they don't think of that, you know? And then other students who always ask, why is it spelled like that? Or where does it come from? So I think just more we can model that for our students and get them exactly. curious about it. Especially if you have a, a kiddo who's struggling with spelling too, it can really help to just do a little word study to just give them more, like you said, more to like hang on to when they're thinking about how to spell that word, how to read that word. So I think that's awesome. And it doesn't rely so much on the rote memory that a lot of our spelling does. Right. Yeah. And, you know, rote memory can be a challenge for kids with dyslexia. Yeah, definitely. And anytime you can make something a little bit, like, more connected for them, right? Exactly. (laughs) That's better because kids have a lot of things they're learning and memorizing. Yes. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. Well, this was really great. I'd love to always ask my guests what their favorite children's book is or was, or maybe a book that you've read a hundred times to your own children. I always like to wrap up by talking about books. (laughs) Oh, you know, the problem with this is there are just so, so many. (laughs) And you're not the first guest to say that. (laughs) the one I've been, I, I actually got it on audiobook to listen to with my granddaughter because I ended up homeschooling her last year. She's eight. And we listened to The Secret Garden, which was one of my favorite books as a kid. Mm-hmm. And all my kids, I read it to them. I had a beautiful illustrated copy and we read it. And now I, I have a beautiful garden with so many flowers and I get so much joy from it. And my, my fascination with growing things came from wanting to have my own secret garden. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So that's, that's just one of them, but there are just so many. And mm-hmm. love it. I love being able to share them with my kids and with my grandkids and, and keep passing that down. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I think I may have had one other guest mention the secret garden before. That's an interesting one to listen to as an adult when you've listened to it before as a child, because there's definitely some themes and things that I don't remember from when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, now listening well, it was to interesting. It. One of the, the families in our homeschool pod is from India. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was kind of horrified when I started looking at the way that, that they talk about the Indian people in there. So it, it prompted a really great discussion of, you know, the differences in way, the way that Indian people were thought of then and now and, you know, how that was prejudice. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful that you had that conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's some stuff in there that you that you maybe just as a kid, when you're reading it, you didn't remember or, and then, and the world has changed in how we think about things. Right. And yes. um, so lots of good conversations came from that book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, where can my listeners find you on social media? So I am, I have a spiral skills tutoring, mm-hmm. which is um, a tutoring business. I also have metamorphic word study, it's a Facebook page you can look up. And I have a word study investigation group that okay. you can do a search for and join. And that's one where we, we talk about words. Okay. And is that on Facebook, the word it, study? Those are, those are on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, though I haven't posted there for a while. And um, I do sometimes keep a blog. I also have some YouTube videos up that 
explain some of these things where you can see the graphics. So, right. you know, you can go yeah. look at those to get a little deeper in how I go about teaching word study with my students. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Diane. This is really awesome. I think it's so great when we can help more moms and dads and, and just to understand some of the, the background behind learning to read, learning to write, learning to spell so that they can better support their kiddos at home. So I think yep. this is a great an, another layer to it all. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. That was so great to be able to talk to Diane a little bit more about word study. I think often families just hear word study and they, they don't really understand what that means or they think that we're just talking about spelling. But really, word study goes a lot deeper. And she recommends using the Etim Online app, which I'll make sure to include a link in the show notes so that you can have it handy to be able to look it up easily with your children. So if they come across a word while they're reading, or if you come across a word, or if you're out somewhere in a restaurant or on a walk and you see a word and you think to yourself, I wonder why it's spelled that way. Why is there a G in sign? Why is there a W in two, right? Then you can pull out your phone, look it up, and learn all about where that word came from and what are some of the related words. I loved when Diane talked about how um, our language has changed over time, and it's like the telephone game, right? How when you whisper something into the first person's ear, it might change a little bit, change a little bit, and so on, and how our language is just like that. Over thousands of years, our language has changed, whether it's just from being passed along or whether it's through um, the inventions you know, different inventions over time, like the printing press. She talked about how um, changes were made when the printing press came out. So when you're thinking about helping your children with reading, writing, and spelling, one of the things that you can do is help them develop a sense of wonder about words. So model for them saying, I'm not really sure why it's spelled that way. Let's find out. Or I wonder where this word came from. I think it might be a French word. Let's look it up, right? And so helping them to see that word study is important and that they they can find out more about a word to understand why it is spelled or pronounced a certain way. And the last thing we talked about is how word study can be super helpful for dyslexic learners or um, if you have a student who's really struggling because it gives them more connection to the word and the spelling, it gives them something to sort of hang on to when they're trying to remember how to spell and read these words. Because not all of our students can simply just memorize words. And honestly, lots of the words in our language don't have to be just memorized. We can figure out um, some of, we can make some connections, figure out why that letter is there, what sound does it make, which letter can we not hear, right, in the word sign, and then that's the letter we have to memorize, right? So there's a lot of different ways that word study can help students feel more confident and just be empowered when they're reading and writing and using words every day. All right, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, keep reading. Thanks so much for listening. 
And if you know anyone who might be interested in joining us and listening in on my podcast, I would love for you to share it. And I'd also love to connect with you on social. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. All my links are in the show notes. Make sure you head over to my website at www.yourreadingtutor.com to sign up for my newsletter so you'll be notified when new episodes come out and any new promotions or services that I'm offering. You can also find my free signature three-step reading reward system on my website. You'll be able to download it and just get started right away helping your struggling reader to reach their potential. Keep reading. See you next time.